Welcome to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Spooniebarger at First Baptist Church, Gulf Breeze, located in the heart of Gulf Breeze, Florida. Open your Bibles to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. We're going to be in verse 38 through 42. Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. It's in the New Testament, the second gospel, so the second book of the New Testament. Once you find your place there, I want you to sit up and take notes, because I believe that God has a word for us today. I believe that this is, this is as simple as you can get, but I think it's also as important as you could possibly get. So let me start by sharing a story. So uh, Christmas just happened, which means Christmas Eve just happened. Joshua and I were doing some work for somebody down the highway on Christmas Eve, and around 2 o'clock or so, we had finished the job, and we were heading back home, and Josh said, Dad, I got a few things I need to take care of. Do you mind if we stop? And truthfully, I really wanted to get back here because we, we had stuff we had to do, but I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Well, we pulled into the Walmart parking lot, and as he was applying the brakes to, to stop in the, in, in the space, I had this overwhelming sense of reality and dread come upon me. Here's exactly what happened inside of my head, and I think I even said it out loud. I said, oh no, I totally forgot to get your mother a gift. Now, if you understand what I'm talking about here, this is not a good predicament to be in. Amen? It was 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. The fortunate thing was we were at Walmart. And, and to be truthful, I always wait until the last few days before Christmas to buy her gift. And the reason is, she's like a hawk. She knows everything about where our money goes. I'm totally cool with that because she's keeping up with it. So I can't buy it on Amazon. She'll know. I can't really buy it on the credit card because if, if within the day of it clearing, she'll know, hey, he bought something, right? And she, she, likes to, she likes to put things together. She doesn't like surprises, but she wants to be surprised Figure that one out. Let me know if you, if you do, right? And so, so I always do wait to the last couple of moments, but, but I always think about it beforehand. Like, I'll think about it for a couple of weeks. What can I get to really wow my wife this week, th- th- this Christmas? And so I was in this state of panic because I hadn't thought about it. It wasn't that I hadn't done it. It's that I, it, wasn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. And so we go into Walmart, and we start going down the aisles, and I'm just getting this sense of dread, thinking, I can't get that, because she doesn't eat that, and I, you know, I, I can't do that, because she doesn't need that, and I, I can't get her a mop, because that would be offensive, right? I mean, what, what are you going to do? And we got all the way through the store, and I finally said, you know, I'm just going to fess up. I'm just going to be a man and just stand before her and say, I totally failed. And so I did. And to see, I didn't want to just buy something that meant nothing. I wanted it actually to mean something. So we came home, and she was on the couch doing something, and I sat down and I said, honey, we need to talk. <laughs> I'm trembling. I'm, I'm like shaking in my boots. Like, we need to talk. In the, in the busyness of December, honey, I totally forgot to buy you a gift. And she said... Well, that's okay, because 
I pretty much forgot as well. And then it was this moment of, man, the, two, the, the most important relationship in our life we, we forgot about because we were taking care of every other thing in our life. Does anybody feel like that sometimes? In the Bible, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus addresses this very thing. So what I want you to know is, it's normal to be that way. But you don't have to stay that way. Luke chapter 10. Let's look at what the scripture says. Verse 38. While they were traveling, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, Martha. You are worried and you are upset about so many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus was traveling, no doubt would have been with his disciples, and they came to a place called Bethany. Bethany is about two miles or so outside of Jerusalem. And the indication from the scripture here is that Martha and Jesus and Mary and Lazarus, they they didn't have a relationship with Jesus yet. There there wasn't really a, a friendship yet. That's just kind of the sense we get from the passage, the way it's written. But nevertheless, he stops at their house and and they invite him in. And so Jesus is now inside of the living room of Martha. Now Martha would have been the oldest of the family. She would have been the 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 the, the matri- not the matriarch, but she would have been the oldest sister, most likely, by the way it's written. And she would have had a younger sister, and she would have had a brother named Lazarus. And so when, when Jesus came in, he, he would have sat down and was resting from his journeys. And Mary went straight to the living room, sat down at his feet, and began to just listen. They just started talking. They're probably, because I just can't imagine that Jesus would have been a deadpan, straight-faced kind of guy. He was probably cracking jokes. I mean, I'm, this is the Jesus that I have in my mind. He was, he, was, he was probably the greatest person, not probably, he would have been the greatest conversation ever. Because he would have had the ability to draw things from every part of the universe into that conversation. And he would have most likely have been witty. And he, I mean, Maybe I'm just picturing this, but, but through all that I've seen Jesus do and say, that's just kind of what I imagine him. Don't you think so? I mean, he, I, well, I won't even say that. But just imagine in my head there's something I was going to say. So they were sitting in the living room. Mary was sitting down. And the Bible says that she was listening to what he said. Here's what happened, though. But Martha was distracted. Most likely, Jesus, Mary, Martha, Lazarus were all in there. doesn't mention Lazarus, but he likely would have been there. They were there talking, and Martha would have sat down for a moment, but then she probably would have got up. Why? Because she was distracted by the many tasks. Now, that word distracted is a really cool word in the original language. It means dragged away, pulled away. So in my mind, I have this picture of, of, of Mary lying down with her, or not Mary, Martha, lying down with her fingers in, the, in, the, in the, the floor, and these many tasks have her by the feet, and they're dragging her away. 
Now, because Christmas has just happened, most of you, or at least many of you, know exactly what this is like, right? Because many of us in this room, Christmas has been so hectic and so busy with all of the many tasks that it has dragged us away from what's really most important. And hopefully most of us were able to sit at Jesus' feet to really really take in the, the meaning of Christmas and really experience the, 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 the purpose for which we celebrate this day. But, but, but even if we did it a little bit, maybe some of us, if not many or most of us, would have to say, man, this thing has just flown by. I can't believe we're on the other side of it now. I wish that I would have taken more time to do this. This happens most often with whoever's in charge of what's going on in the home. Shannon and I were, were, were at the kitchen, uh, in the kitchen yesterday right after lunch, and, and she was doing some dishes, and I was doing something next to her, and, and she was like, I just, I'm, I'm done. I'm just done. Anybody feel like that? Anybody feel? <laughs> anybody feel? Like there was so much to do that you were just running. And if you think about it, what, needed, what you did needed to be done. Because food ain't going to cook itself. You ever said that? The bathroom ain't going to clean itself. You ever heard that? Or said, how many of you have ever said those words? Let me see your hands. Yeah, notice, notice the hands that are going up. If you have never said that, you either will say that at some point or you'll never be responsible for a household because it, it it, it's the way it works. Mary was not doing bad stuff. What would she have been doing? She would have been cooking a meal because after all, if you have guests in your home, it is customary, it is the right thing to do to feed them. If, if you have guests in your home, the right thing to do is to serve them and make sure their needs are met. So you're attending to all that they need but she was distracted by her many tasks and the distraction was actually taken away from what Jesus wanted in the first place. Now, I don't, want to miss, I don't want us to misunderstand this text. This text is not, about, is not necessarily about us being distracted from, uh, uh, from, from um, conversation with people. That's part of it. The, the primary purpose of this text is this. Jesus is supremely important in our life. Everything we have, everything we do should flow from Jesus. And if we get the cart before the horse, our lives are going to be they're going to be difficult and they're going to be clunky and they're going to be confusing because when Jesus is in the center, things make sense. Here's why. Because Jesus started it all. He knows how it works. It would be like my car breaking down and me going to an astrophysicist to try to fix it. Now, he may or may not know something about cars. He may or may not be able to, to, to figure it out. But what I really need to do is go to the one who created the car in the first place because the creator would be able to say, I know exactly what's wrong. You take this and you do this and you do this. Why? Because the one who creates is the one who thought of it and who, who, who began it in the first place, and they know how it all works. Jesus said to Martha, 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 you 
are worried and upset about many things. Do you see what he says there? Martha, Martha. He, and he, he called her name twice. Usually in the scripture when this happens, it's to get our attention, to make sure that we know that this was a mano y mano conversation. Jesus wanted to make sure that she was listening. He wanted to make sure that she was going to understand what he was saying. There was also some empathy there. It wasn't as if he was scolding her or, 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 or um, condemning her. He was trying to help her to see that she couldn't see what was right in front of her. Martha, Martha, you are, you are worried and you're upset over all these things. Now, there's two words there, worried or anxious and upset. And I think what we have here is the, the, the key to how we know when we're distracted by many things. Worry and upset. Worry is internal. Upset is external. Now you, you go back and you look at your life. When you are distracted from what's most important, that is the, your relationship with Jesus, does it not uh, uh, come out or does it not uh, show itself? The evidence is that you are worried internally and then you get frustrated and angry and upset with people externally. When you are internally stressing, when you have anxiety, when you are, when you are trying to, to keep the world together and yet the world won't stay together, when you're trying to hold things uh, 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 from, from, from just exploding in front of you and yet you feel like your, your arms aren't big enough, that internal anxiety, that worry always comes out. And it almost always comes out in relationships with people that you love the most. Amen? Is it true? Here's the cool part. God is giving us a clear picture of how we work. In this passage, I mean, this is the only place in Scripture we find this story. It's the only place. And the reason that, that, that the author, Dr. Luke, puts it in here is to remind us, hey, as you're going through life, you're going to have to constantly go back and remember what is important, what is important, what is important. Because if you and I don't go back and remember what's important, before long we're going to live the rest of, we're going to live our life and we're going to find ourselves in a place that we never intended or never wanted to be. So what is important? Jesus said that what was important was listening to my words. And Connected just beneath that, just as important, is relationships with others. Here's how we know that. Because Jesus was asked the question, what's the most important commandment? What they were really wanting was, there's a list of ten big commandments, right? Out of those ten commandments, which one of those commandments are the ones that, that we need to, to, to do uh, uh, the first thing? And he said this, he said, look, the most important is this, love God. But the second one is right next to it, love others. So what is that? That's your relationship with God, that's your relationship with your friends, your family, your neighbors, with human beings. And isn't it true that the way that we have stressed relationships with people is because we have a stressed relationship with God? 
You can't have a right relationship with God and have stressed relationships with people that you're not... You're going to have stressed relationships always because humans are humans. But what I'm saying is, if your relationship with God is right, that is going to filter through to your relationships with people. Even though they may be stressed, there's going to be some fixing of that as far as, it's, as far as you're concerned, right? It's because you're going to want to make sure that you're right with people because you're right with God. Because the two are together. And in the same thing, if you're not right with people, you're not right with God. Because the two can't be separated, because Jesus didn't make us like that. He made us so that we're a body, we're a family, we're, a, we're humans, and we have connections with others, but we're also a spiritual being, so we have a connection with God. So Jesus said, Martha, 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 you are worried, the internal anxiety, and you are upset. It's coming out being, you're short with people, you're complaining. You say, well, wait a minute, how is she short? Well, she actually chastised Jesus. If you go back just up a verse, in verse 39, uh, excuse me, verse 40, but Martha was distracted, and she asked Jesus, Lord, don't you even care? Lord, don't you see what's going on? Lord, aren't you even aware that Mary's just sitting here doing nothing, and I'm doing all the work? Aren't you even concerned that I'm acting like a slave and she's acting like a, like a queen, a prima donna, sitting there just listening, doing nothing? You ever notice that when you, when you feel like that, you, you, you have a one-person pity party? Nobody else is invited? Because if somebody else was invited, you couldn't have that party. Pity parties are solo events. You ever notice that the, the longer you stay in a pity party, the more angry you get and the more you lash out at people? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Is this true or not? It is true, isn't it? Now, let me just stop right here. Some of y'all, if not many of y'all, us, might be feeling a weight of guilt right now. Listen, can I just offer you the grace of God that this passage is to remind us, not to condemn us. It's a mirror to say, this happens in our life. It's not meant for us to just start to say, oh man, I totally screwed up. I totally, I just, I failed. Listen, that's not what it's for. It's for us to be able to be reminded. Listen, Jesus said, Martha, Martha. Not Martha. The the, the tone of voice that you hear God calling your name will, will, will reflect how you are seeing Jesus right now. Perhaps he's not scolding you. Perhaps he's, he's inviting you. Perhaps in his goodness, he understands what it's like for you and for me to be distracted. And perhaps in his kindness and his graciousness, he's brought you here today, he's sat you in this seat, he's sharing this story so that you could come back to a certain peace, which is what Christmas is all about anyways. Well, not all about, but it's, it's way up there on the list, right? When, G when Martha was complaining to Jesus... She was, in a sense, in her own little pity party. 
She got angrier and angrier and angrier. Oh, and by the way, I did mention this, but let me just kind of go a little bit further into it. I, I'm, I'm, we're kind of looking specifically at just this week because it, it's kind of top of mind, but this really is all year long. And it's not just the things in our life, it's actually church things and it's work things. We get distracted by anything and everything. We are like poster child ADD, every one of us. Ooh, it's shiny. Ooh, it's important. Ooh, I have to do it. Ooh, I need that. Ooh, I got to go there. And before long, we're being dragged away. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 that that we're not to worry about our life, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear. We're not to stress over those things because if we stress over those things, it means that we've forgotten what Jesus said about what's most important. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. So Martha said, Jesus, don't you even care? You know, when we have our own little pity party, we often feel like we're all alone. We also, also, also often feel like nobody understands. That is quintessential pity party. And I, and I don't say that pejoratively. I, I, I'm, we, we know what that means, right? When we're in this cocoon of feeling like we're the only one, we, we also feel like nobody cares. We're the only one. And, and the, it just gets darker and darker and darker. How do we get out of that spot? We go to the feet of Jesus. And I don't mean to oversimplify that, but that's truly what we do. We go to the feet of Jesus. We listen to his voice calling our name, and we go to the feet of Jesus. She even said to, uh, Martha even said to Jesus, tell my sister to come over here and do this. I'm doing all the work. Tell my sister to come and help me do the work. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to tell her to do something that is not the best thing. I want her to do exactly what she's doing because she's doing the important thing. We constantly wrestle in our lives between what is urgent and what is important. Oftentimes, what is urgent is not what's important. Sometimes it is. We also wrestle with what is loudest and what is important. We wrestle with what is demanding and what is important. You know the old saying, the squeaky wheel what? Gets the grease. The problem is... For most of us in our life, we're going from squeak to squeak to squeak. Do you ever feel that way? It's like if, I, I, if everything in my life is squeaking. And when everything in your life is squeaking, you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off. You're just pushing grease all over the place. And before long, it's overwhelming. The true thing that needs to happen when all these wheels are squeaking is we need to step back and sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, help me. And you know what's amazing? It's really not amazing, but it's amazing because we're human and that's the way we see it. What's amazing is the way God helps us. Sometimes he fixes a situation before we even have to go there. And sometimes he prepares the way before we go there and we have to do a little work. And sometimes he just gives the wisdom of how to tough it out in the midst of what's going on. Do you ever notice that to be happening? So I was... uh, 
Several years ago, we had a, a situation at the church where there was a, a space in one of the buildings that we needed to use for, for something that it wasn't currently being used for. And we knew that it was going to be a fight. We knew that, that, that the folks who used that space were, were, they were entrenched. And, you know, it's, it's not because they were evil, mean people. It's just that when you, when you do something at a place for so long, it just kind of becomes your, your spot. But we knew that we needed that spot. It was the only spot that would work. And so we sat in the office as a staff. We sat, we went round and round. Well, if we do this, we do this. We make that, we do this, we do this. And finally, we're like, you know what? Let's just go to the room and pray. Wow, what a concept. So we stood up, we walked over to the room, we knelt down, and all of us, we just prayed, God, would you make a way in this impossible situation? The very next week, the very people that were were, were the, 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 the obstacle, if you will. They said, hey, what if we just did this with the room? What have you done with the person that was supposed to be there? Somehow or another, because we prayed, God worked in their heart, gave them the idea, and then they brought the idea to us, and we said, you know, that is brilliant. We're going to do exactly what you want to do. And in that moment, God reminded me, one more time, that I can work, 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 but if I don't stop and listen to Jesus, I'm going to work a lot harder than I need to work and than I should work. So here's the next step for you and for me. Come back to what's important. Determine in your own heart that each and every day, Jesus is going to be your first and your middle and your last. And let everything you do filter through Jesus. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I, I, I can't tell you the specifics. I can only tell you that when your heart is searching after being obedient to Jesus, Jesus will help you understand it. It's the kind of thing like when you're catching a fish. I can't tell you what it's like to catch it. I, I can't tell you how you'll know. I can just say you'll know, right? For those of you who are fishermen and you had a grandfather who taught you how to fish, that was the conversation. How do I know when I have a fish? You'll know. When you are listening to Jesus, you'll know. You'll just know. So the... The important thing about this story is that Mary was doing less, but she was doing more. She was doing less, but she was doing more because she was doing what is most important. Psalm 27 verse 4 tells us why. I have asked one thing from the Lord, it's what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His temple, for He will conceal me in His shelter in the days of adversity. He will hide me under the cover of His tent. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in His tent, and with shouts of joy I will sing and make music to the Lord. That was David. What David was saying was this, 
I've got enemies all around me. I've got confusion all around me. I've got people trying to take my life. But the most important thing is for me to dwell in the house of the Lord because if I will dwell in the house of the Lord, God will take care of the impossible. God will take care of the confusing. And He will turn my mourning into rejoicing. A song from my mouth will be in the midst of a time when nobody would expect a song. That is the same promise to you. Will you close your eyes and bow your head for just a moment? I want to invite you, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of God's glory. What that means is we weren't meant to live life on our own because we offend God's perfect law by what's called sin. And the Bible says that the wages of that sin is death. We're condemned. That's the bad news. But, the Bible says, the gift of God. The punishment, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said there's one mediator between God and man. It's Jesus. Jesus said... Whoever will call upon his name will be saved. This morning, I want to invite you, if you are struggling and if you are wrestling and if you are, if it just seems like you keep going farther and farther down into the chaotic life that you live and you're ready to stop and and find hope, I just want to invite you to trust in Jesus even now. Right where you are, just just in in an honest, humble prayer, say to God, God, I recognize that I am in need of a Savior. Because I recognize that my sin separates me from you. I ask you, Jesus, to save me, to heal me, to make me whole. Jesus' name. This morning, if you're watching by way of TV or Facebook, if you're in this room and you've trusted Jesus, I want to invite you to make that known. If you're in this room, let the person next to you know, write it on the card, maybe come and tell me. If you're online or something, then you can can just send us a note or comment. But this morning, if you know Jesus, but you found yourself far away from Him, distracted by many tasks, Come back home. Do a restart. Push that restart button. Father in heaven, I thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for your people. Lord, I sense a real uh, tiredness in this room. God, we have been running hard. We have been working we're, we're exhausted physically. We're exhausted emotionally. We're exhausted spiritually. Father, I pray for a renewal and a refreshing that can only come when we sit at your feet. So, Father, help us today to be restored and renewed in Jesus' name. Will you stand? If God has spoken to you in some way, I want to invite you to respond to Him. You can come and I'll pray with you. You can.
talk to the person next to you. You can kneel or stand right where you are and pray. Let's just take the next few moments and be obedient to what he says. Find out more about First Baptist Church Gulf Breeze at fbcgulfbreeze.com.